Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show today where we are going to talk all about how to deal with angry customers and bad reviews. <laughs> if there is anything I notice again and again in the Etsy forums, it is sellers asking the question, how do I respond to this? And they post a DM from an angry customer. <laughs> This is clearly a question on so many sellers' minds, a legit one too in today's world. And I've noticed quite a variety of responses out there. So I thought I'd throw my hat in the ring, give you my take on how to deal with angry customers as an experienced full-time shop owner. I currently have star seller status. Let's hope that stays. And I have loads of glowing reviews. So I do have some things to say on the subject. But before we dive deeper into this, I want to take just a minute and tell you about a totally new free resource I've created for you. I've been thinking about you so much lately, and as I've considered how to really serve you guys, I did some soul searching, and I thought back to my first several months as an Etsy seller, like back in 2015, 2016, like before I made much money, before my shop was full-time, like before I really like knew what I was doing, and I really thought about what I wish I'd had back then to give me a leg up. So I made a detailed list of what would have helped me the most, and then I put it into a masterclass for you. Ah, I packed as much as I could into one hour of 100% free training, and I promise it is pure gold. You will walk away with the major tools you need to get your shop to the next level. I, I don't say this often, but I'm like really excited about this, and I worked really hard on it for you. The masterclass is called How to Kickstart Your Etsy Shop. And you can grab it right over on my website, howtosellyourstuff.com, or as always, I have it direct linked for you down in the show notes. And I can't wait to hear your aha moments and your new wins after you get a chance to go through it. I really tried to make something that can help you today, and I completely believe it will. So I'm excited. It was hard work, but I think it was worth it. With that being said, let's do a deep dive into today's topic, shall we? Angry customers and bad reviews. <laughs> it's not a super fun topic, but an extremely important one for sure. <laughs> you, 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 um, you, you know that once you've experienced one. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm totally honest with you guys, uh, I actually, this is just me. We're all different, but I get far more anxious and frustrated by the customers who are really difficult upfront, like over one who complains, you know, like, okay. So, I'm pretty confident at this stage that I can turn around someone who's upset. But if you are a customer who just ordered or you're getting ready to order and I can already tell it's going to be high maintenance and who knows how this is going to end, I just wish there was an eject button I could push right there. Like just hard hard pass. I mean it 
and let me let me clarify, like, don't get me wrong. I don't mind a bit if someone has a few questions or wants something customized. Like I put that in every listing. Please reach out. We're super friendly. We want to talk to you. But it's the one that comes in with five really detailed questions or requests, and I answer them. And then each of my answers gets five more questions. You know, or the other thing is, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. If someone is is like really trying to get me to do something that's totally out of my wheelhouse, not nothing remotely like it in my shop, that stuff, that's what really gets me. So at this stage in my business, that's a pretty good indication that I don't need to bend over backwards to win that sale. <laughs> Although, you know, and I, I, I will also say, I don't feel like I get those as much anymore, maybe as I once did. Um, but they're, they are still more frequent than someone who's actually mad. I think you can head a lot of that off at the pass. But in my sign shop, for example, I am most likely to have an unhappy customer because of a de- of delayed shipping. That's probably the number one thing, you know, especially around the holidays. We'll sometimes get upset customers about like turnaround time or, or definitely with shipping delays. And that's one main reason why I put my shop on vacation mode long before Christmas So everything is shipped out with enough time. And I know not everyone has the luxury to do that. Um, And a lot of sellers have had questions on vacation mode and if it can hurt your shop. So if that's you, you might like podcast episode three back where I talked about this in detail. So I'll also link that in the show notes for you in case you want to grab it. Lots of sellers just wash their hands, you know, once their product ships. You know, if there's a serious delay, the customer reaches out upset. I, I personally usually give them a bit of a refund. That's my approach. Or, um... Sometimes it's so delayed, it'll, it'll appear lost and, you know, the customer's freaking out and I'll rush out on our placement to try to get it there by their need by date. And I'll tell, <laughs> and yet inevitably, almost every single time I've done that, the original piece shows up within a few days. So it's frustrating. It's a, you know, and I, I know it's going to happen, but at least, you know, what I really care about is that customer feels cared about and that makes it worth it, even though I've got double and then I can tell them, you know, or I can prepay for a label to send it back or I can um, tell them to, what I typically do is tell them to keep it, to gift it to someone, to sell it, to use it at an auction, something like that, because that really buys a lot of customer loyalty and I usually get a pretty awesome review. But my decisions are always customer centric. I think that's like a key takeaway, like major theme. Um, so for a bit of some story time, I can think of two different times when a customer was super mad or gave me a bad review and it was actually product related. Um, you know, the shipping ones you deal with that way, but when it's your actual product, it's much more personal. And so, (laughs) okay. So the first one was this time when someone ordered one of my new wood shiplap style above bed signs. So imagine a, a pretty big, it fits above a bed painted sign made from wood. They measure 45 by 21 inches. They weigh over 10 pounds. Well, we so we offer them in either reclaimed wood or new wood. And when I paint both, either one, with several coats of chalk paint, the brown from the wood still seeps through the paint. It always surprises me because I'm thinking, you know, chalk paint is is so thick, but it's just what happens. And on a reclaimed wood piece, it's actually charming. The customer loves the effect. It looks like it's intentional. But when someone's buying the shiplap style, they won't, you know, they're expecting a cleaner, crisper, more modern look. They're not, the brown seepage does not fly. And so noted, um, since then, we've changed to a different type of wood 
that doesn't do this for the new wood. You know, we've totally changed that. But the way that we got around it back then was I used an oil-based primer on the new wood to seal it before painting it. And that worked great. No more ugly, weird brown tea stains coming through. It was actually so frustrating. <laughs> so um, so I used this process. I did the oil-based primer so it wouldn't seep through. I painted it in chalk paint, painted the sign, sent it to her. She loved it. The customer raved. She gave me the most glowing five-star review. It was a great day. Um, it was actually a very happy day. <laughs> and then a couple months go by. And she goes in and updates her review to one star and then types above the original review. You know how you'll see this on Amazon or wherever you'll see update. And I can't remember the exact wording she put there, um, but it was something like the sign gave off intense paint fumes. She hated the smell. So she had to remove it from her bedroom and put it in the garage. Okay. Well, like that could, like, I have a sensitive nose, so that could legit be me. I, I think that's a very legit thing for her to not like. I mean, um, it was, it's feedback I've never received before, but I respect it. You know, no one wants to feel like they're inhaling toxic fumes in their bedroom while they sleep. And it, you know, her, her feedback, even though she's the only one, it ultimately played into our decision to change our process, to get new wood, because that oil-based primer, that was what carried that longer lasting paint odor. But um, the customer herself, she never reached out to me or anything. It was just this jarring review update that showed up one day. Um, so, of course, I reached out to her right away, sent her a DM, and I gave her a full refund. Uh, I explained, I, I like kind of explained to her, this is what I think happened, and I'm so sorry. I apologize profusely for her experience. And thank goodness, she was super gracious. So I think she was actually very surprised that I was willing to refund it after a few months. You know, people are, don't expect good service these days. It's, it's so sad, but it gives us a huge opportunity. So she updated her review again back to five stars and added a second, you know, dot, dot, dot update. Um, and then proceeded to, to actually make another order from me. Um, and we had a discussion about, you know, what kind of fumes might come off the new sign. I mean, um, paint just, it was totally that oil-based primer, you know, typically the paint will be fine. But to me, that was a happy ending. It was an expensive ending for me, but it actually wasn't because my, my review average isn't pulled down by a one-star review with, you know, a kind of a scary set of texts there on her, you know, and, and her story there on the review shows shoppers and future customers that I'm going to take care of them. I mean, in a major way, it's actually kind of a feather in my cap in the end of the day. So worth it in the end. So personally for me, I am way more bothered by the three or four star reviews that I can't get in touch with because they won't respond than one like this, where there's a lot of drama, but we can work it out and it ends up, you know, really serving us both in the end. We're both happy at the end of the day. And then, so that's one story. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was probably the most jarring one. The other one um, that I was going to share was about a customer who was actually another Etsy shop owner, and you know she told me that when she first ordered, and she didn't leave a, a bad review. But uh, once she received her product, she sent me a DM, which P.S. I'll take any day over a bad review just showing up. And, and the DM actually had a long list of detailed issues she had with her piece. I, I've never experienced anything like it. It was bullet points. Um, and I couldn't completely understand all of that, you know, where that was coming from. She wasn't a competitor, just another shop owner. So expected excellence, but I just responded to her note with a sincere apology and told her this wasn't the level of craftsmanship that our shop was known for. And I would make it right for her right away. And she, she said she didn't want a refund. She just wanted basically a perfect, perfect piece. And, um, you know, I could, I could see some of her points about it and, um, 
but here, here's the key. She was blown away by my response. You know, she emailed me back. She's like, oh my goodness, thank you for your gracious response, Lizzie. I wasn't expecting that. And so there's, gosh, there's such a lesson here, guys. Like we're, we're about to talk about a list of tips that I have for you when dealing with upset customers. But like right here, people are so touched just by some empathy, like some compassion, some accountability. It will do wonders for you. This customer, she loved the replacement sign I sent her. I bent over, I made sure that everything that she noted did not uh, show up again in the next sign. Even if it was something really simple or that I wouldn't typically worry about, I made sure that I just did it. And she really valued how she, how I cared for her in a situation. And she loved the new piece. So just some, I just think customer service is so key. Like so often, I think this is what people don't understand. If you do a good job with customer service, if you really care about your customers, you really give them a great product, you are rarely going to have a problem, a bad review, an upset customer. It's going to be far less often than you'd think. So you don't have to get into that fear mindset of like, oh my gosh, I can't just give away the farm. Like, no, no, no. Take really good care of that customer. You're probably going to get one of the best reviews and to be, and it's just not going to happen that often. That's been my lesson is I, I bend over backwards because I know it's going to be rare. I'm going to learn from it what I can, and I can really um, turn someone around and end up with like the best possible, like a better than a five-star review because everything went perfectly, but a five-star review because, you know, I took care of them. So let's spend some time um, going over my top seven tips for responding to an angry customer or bad review. I sort of pared this down for you into, you know, seven little pieces. So number one, if you're feeling super emotional upon getting, you know, a bad review or a, an, you know, kind of a, an upset customer, wait before responding. Obviously, when an upset customer reaches out via DM with an issue, this isn't the time to wait a super long time. I just mean don't respond impulsively. You know, take a beat. You'll want to respond to them sooner rather than later. But the bottom line is you don't want to respond emotionally and like come out swinging. So take the time you need to collect yourself and write out a professional response, um, a, a customer-focused response. And when needed, you can get feedback from someone you trust about what you've written. See what they say. How does it come across? Like, what are you maybe missing? We all have blind spots, you know, especially when we're feeling personally attacked potentially about our um, about our product that we made. Number two. When possible, this is a, this is huge. When possible, use pre-written responses. This is this is what I do. This is what I suggest. The hardest thing about heated situations where there's already an upset customer is usually coming up with the right thing to say when emotions are running high. It helps so much if you already have your policies and and the basic phrases you know you'll use in response. You know, just like have them ready ahead of time. Plan for it. Write them now while you're you know feeling lovey dovey about your shopping your customers. I already know that my policy is to take care of the customer. Basically, no matter what, you know, I'm not going to give them extra money, but I'm going to I'm going to make sure that they're happy as much as I can. So, I'm going to offer a replacement, a discount, or a full refund. And if the issue is a mistake we made, I don't ask them to ship it back. I know I know lots of people do because they that, you know, even a big corporate store would, but it's a hassle. And I am a custom shop that wants you to feel like you're my friend or family when you shop for me. I don't want you to feel hassled, especially if I made a mistake. So now if they just don't like something about it or they picked a color that they don't like in person, then I ask them to ship it back, but I pay the shipping. So I'm still trying to make it, you know, there's still a, there's a touch of a hassle there, but it doesn't cost them anything. So when you know these things, you already know, you already decided ahead of time how you're going to 
handle what are you going to do if there's a shipping delay? What are you going to do if the customer is unhappy and it's your fault? You know, your shop made a mistake. What are you going to do when they're unhappy and you didn't do anything wrong? Have these things decided ahead of time. Write out how you'd respond, the basic phrases ahead of time, and just it'll take out the guesswork. You'll, you will have a much more seamless time and you will not feel as stressed when it comes up. Number three, this is the biggest one. Biggest, biggest, biggest. Always, always, always use empathy in your response. Even if you're mad, even if it's even if the customer's truly unhinged, even if it's not your fault, you got to think about what you want your end result to be. You have to use empathy. So even if the customer is wrong and you didn't make a mistake, you can still respond with empathy. Now, I don't suggest that you tolerate verbal abuse if they're cussing you out or demeaning you. This has never happened to me, P.S. So I hope it won't happen to you either. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be heard. And as the business owner, you should be the leader of the transaction. And that means that you should do more of the listening. So use empathetic phrases like, I'm so sorry this happened. And I can totally understand why you're upset. And gosh, I'm so sorry this was your experience. This is never how I want a customer to feel when doing business with my shop. So, you know, a couple of those, I'm not actually admitting to do anything wrong. I'm just meeting them where they're at. They're feeling upset. And I'm saying, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that this was your experience. I'm so sorry that this has upset you. Now, if I did make a mistake, or if you did make a mistake, you can use phrases um, that will de-escalate the situation. I found that these work really well. Things like, um, again, I'm so sorry that this has happened, or and this is a key one for me. It must have felt so disappointing to open your package and find it this way. And then the third one is, I absolutely want to make this right for you. Those are really good at diffusing. Um, I always get a great response from the customer when I use phrases like that. And again, if, if the customer's angry, more than likely they're afraid you're just not going to take care of them and and they're going to lose something. So they're they're feeling like they have to be on the defensive. Or, you know, a lot of people have other really difficult situations happening in their life. I always try to keep that in mind and and I respond from that place. Like I don't know what could be happening that I in, in their life, it could be really, really bad. I'd rather be the person that meets them with empathy, even if they're being somewhat unfair to me, because it's just a hard world that we're living in. Number four. Oh, this is a little more nuanced. So av- avoid using I statements, meaning, well, I'll give you an example here in a minute, but I referring to yourself, I, unless they're to apologize, I, I'm sorry is good. So avoid using I statements otherwise, and then avoid using emotional words and phrases. I know it can be tempting to try to defend yourself. This is our this is our culture. It's actually human nature to try to defend yourself or call the customer out on their mistakes. I have absolutely wanted to do this plenty of times. <laughs> but as the business owner, I don't recommend this approach. Remember that you're the leader. So I recommend against saying things like I feel, you know, starting phrases with I feel or it's not my fault or I've been so overwhelmed. You know, when we're paying a business, no matter what the size of that business, we expect to be taken care of and get what we paid for. So when the company's representative seems more focused on themselves with I statements, even if it's accidentally, it can really hurt your brand credibility. You need to focus on the customer experience when communicating with them and not yours. So the great reviews come when customers feel like you care about them, care about them over yourself, and you want to serve them. So I would... um. I would also avoid emotionally charged phrases, you know, things like to be honest or with all due respect or that's not what happened. 
those can feel like really natural, common things to say. But even if they're true, they never make a person feel good. And if you think about the best case scenario for you and this upset customer, you know, what do you want them to do? I would hope you ultimately want them to walk away feeling great about you and your shop and your product and the Etsy platform, right? Because we're all connected. So keep that in mind when you're using phrases. I try to really be totally victimless um, in these situations, even if the customer literally ordered the wrong thing. Um, you know, if someone ordered a sign and they and they they're DMing me saying, you sent me a black frame and I ordered the gray frame and I can see that they did order the black frame. I'm not going to send them a, I mean, I might be like, oh my gosh, you know, I can see here on your order that we got that you, um, you did choose the black frame, but I can make this right for you. It's no problem. I, here's what we need to do. And then I give them a prepaid shipping label to have them send it back. And I tell them I'll rush out another one. So I'm not going to just like agree, you know, necessarily that it was wrong. I'll say, I, I, I just want them to think I wasn't being careless. I'm doing it. So it's like your motive, right? I'm, I'm telling them because I don't want them to think that I'm just not paying attention. I'll kind of send it. It's like, you know what? I'm so sorry. This is how your order came through. That's a really good way to say it. Cause then you're not like you did. You're just saying, Hey, this is how your order came, came through. So I really thought you wanted that black frame, but if you really wanted the charcoal gray, that is no problem. I can take care of you. Let's get that done. So just to kind of give you an idea, that's how I would handle it. Number five, about negative reviews. Okay, so the first rule of thumb here is don't respond on the review itself right away. Because once you do respond, when you reply publicly on the review, the customer then can't change the review and you can't edit your response. It like locks it in. So don't do that. The very first thing you should do is reach out to the customer via DM and see if you can resolve the issue there. And I've, I have done this and had the review changed more than once because I gave great service and took care of them. And they'll go in and update it. If you do, you know, time goes by and the review is not going to be changed, then you should definitely reply on the review itself. You're only going to be able to do this on three star, three star, two star, or one star reviews. Um, on four star, unfortunately, you can't do those, but they don't look they don't look as bad. So you need to remember that your public response to that customer, it's just as much for those future customers who are reading your reviews as it is for the unhappy customer. So just keep that in mind before you <laughs> come out swinging and want to defend yourself. If the review is um, just stars, they didn't, you know, they didn't do any text to respond to, then this is my, this is what I always say. I'm going to read it to you. And I only do this if I haven't heard back via DM for a few weeks. So I'm like, well, it's a lost cause. So there's no stars. There's nothing, per there's nothing specific to respond to. I will say this. Hi, blank, dash, dash. I am so sorry to hear that you were not pleased with your experience with my shop. I do a little sad face. I take your feedback extremely seriously, and I would love to make this right for you. I've reached out to you via DM and email to find out more about what happened and work with you on a resolution. We do business the old-fashioned way, and I promise to take care of you. Warmly, comma, Lizzie Smiley. And P.S. Guys, I always do show notes with these things, so you can go grab that. You don't have to write that down or type it out. You can go grab it from the show notes; it's already there. But um, this is what I would say. And so, I'm not, I'm not showing all the future customers that I'm willing to give full refunds. Like, obviously, I am, but I don't need them to know that. But I am showing them that I am committed to taking care of an unhappy customer, and that's the most important thing to communicate. Uh, when this has happened, I, I never, I still never hear back from the person. Typically you might, which is fine. You still get a chance. Then you can, well, I mean, you can't update the review, but you can at least make them happy. But every future customer who sees that review is going to feel so much better. Do you ever 
ever find yourself wondering how on earth to respond to a customer's DM when they're either asking about their order status or upset about something? Today's episode is brought to you by my very own customer service templates, PDF downloaded mini course. The most common post I'm seeing in the Etsy forum these days are people asking for advice in dealing with various customer service problems and situations. I totally get it, you guys. Like when we're in the heat of that moment and we're feeling frazzled or overwhelmed, it can be extra hard to know what to say to diffuse a situation. Like we want to sound empathetic and confident. We want to be professional and warm. Like we wonder how our tone is coming across to that customer as we type out our response and worry that one wrong word could land us in one star review land. Like not to mention, you know, not everyone was born with the gift of the written word. Maybe you're someone who is utterly exhausted by the idea of wordsmithing great responses to customers, and you'd much rather spend your energy on product development or marketing brainstorming. I totally get you, and I totally got you. And now you don't have to figure it out on your own. When you order my customer service templates offering, I'm going to literally hand you over 20 different already written templates for daily, common, and those difficult conversations. They're already written out exactly how I use them so you can actually see them in action. And then I'm also going to give them to you as like a fill-in-the-blank template that you can just make your own and save in your Etsy snippets or an easy-to-access document on your phone or computer. With this, I'm going to throw in a mini course that goes over in detail my personal customer service strategy so that when you do need to come up with a response to something in the future, you're already going to have that inner culture for customer service that's going to guide your writing, and I promise it'll make it so much easier. You can grab these tools today at howtosellyourstuff.com. Leave the guesswork out of your DM responses. I'll do the writing so you can get back to creating. Number six, did the customer give you any helpful feedback? (laughs) So stepping back and looking at what they said, I've learned, guys, that a lot of people actually won't tell you when they're unhappy with something. So sometimes it can be a blessing to get the negative feedback. It's possible that from that you can tweak something that other people didn't love also. It's true. It's hard, but it's true. (laughs) This is exactly what happened with that story I told you earlier about our large signs and the woman who complained about the fumes. Like that feedback became part of uh, a review process. It basically sparked a review process that totally changed how we made those pieces going forward. So take emotion out of it. Was anything they said helpful? Can you distill it down? You know, for example, if the item was damaged in the mail, was this a fluke or could you legitimately benefit from evaluating your shipping process? Early on, um, when we started shipping our large reclaimed wood signs, the, the above bed size, we had a bunch of breakages in the mail. And we took this feedback and really worked on our shipping process. And so we, from there, we ended up having custom boxes built and we bought cardboard corner protectors in addition to all the packing we were doing, you know, to, to protect it. So you can, you can use the feedback. If you received a product complaint, was it just a matter of taste? Like, okay, but you know, or is there, is there an actual opportunity to level up your product? Can you look at it objectively? If it was a turnaround time issue, is a person just nitpicking? Was it out of your control? Or is there a takeaway about how to communicate differently with customers? You prevent it, you know, about when they can expect their product. What could you do to, to prevent this in the future? All of this evaluation of feedback is going to really help your shop long term. And once the dust settles around an upset customer, it's a great idea to chew on what they said constructively and see what you can learn from it. 
I know it's hard, but you should still do it. It's good for you. (laughs) It's good for all of us. I still do it. And number seven, in the immortal words of Elsa, let it go. When a customer is unhappy or a mistake needs to be fixed in my shop, I just take care of it as fast as possible. I do it for the customer's sake and I do it for my sake, for my own inner peace. I I need to move on from the drama and adrenaline. (laughs) I, I really noticed that for me, if I can get something behind me quickly, I don't dwell on it or allow it to pull me down for as long. So do what you need to in order to take care of your customer quickly and then move on. If you're really bothered by it, which it can happen sometimes, you know, people, sometimes it can be ugly. So here's a few things that you can do. This, these are some of the some of the go-tos I have. You could you can listen to an encouraging podcast. This always helps pick me up and inspire me and help me move forward. You can go back and read all of your far, five you can go back and read all of your five star reviews for a pick me up. This actually helps too. You know, if I feel um, really weighed down by something that just happened that wasn't good, I go back and look at all of the awesome experiences people have had, and I and I just remember this is my truth. This is a reality. Yes, a mistake happened here or a problem happened here and this one wasn't good, but it's not it's not the foundation. It's not the truth. It doesn't define me. You can create like a funnies folder on your computer desktop or your email inbox. A number of years ago, I was working with a business coach who taught me this practice and I've used it again and again because laughing is so good for you. you know, anytime I get an email or something that is legitimately funny, you know, that makes me belly laugh, I save it to this folder. And when I need to change my mood, if I need to move on from something hard, if I need to refocus, I can read through a few funnies that I have and it helps tremendously. It can completely reset me. And then another really personal tool that works for me is a gold book. If you are a journaler, which if you're not and you're an entrepreneur, you probably should be. It would probably help a lot. But you might really like this one as a journaler. You can get a special journal where you write down every blessing that comes your way. Every win or, you know, in my case, that book for me, I write write down every time God comes through for me or does something special in my life. And reviewing your gold moments on a bad day or season can do wonders for your faith and for your morale. I recommend that one. You can do it however you want. Good memories, blessings, great experiences, whatever you know, you, you, you might not remember that you want to lock in and be able to go back and look at when you're having a hard time. I'm going to throw in one more here because this would definitely describe me several years ago. If you find yourself taking something super personally, this could be a really helpful clue that there's a mindset tweak that could help you. Sometimes when something that someone does, like especially a stranger, that really pushes a button for you, it's just our brain showing us that there's an area that really needs our attention. So like, you know, when you burn yourself on the stove, the pain is just a warning. It's a heads up that we need to take care of ourselves. When this happens, I usually dig in for some personal growth. I'll do some journaling. I'll call my personal coach. I'll often find that there's a a pattern (laughs) in my life of that particular thing getting to me over and over again. And it lets me know that there's a past hurt that is unresolved or unhealed, needs some attention. So there's zero shame in this, you guys. It's literally courageous to do this kind of work. It's going to help you in the long term. You are welcome to sign up for some coaching with me if you'd like, um, or work with a great counselor. Just listen to the clues that your brain is throwing out. And a an uh, what feels like a very strong reaction is usually one of those one of those clues. You deserve this. It's the most valuable self-care that there is. 
And well, that is all I have for you today, my friends. I hope you found some helpful tools in this episode. And actually, um, quick plug here. If my podcasts have been valuable to you, it's been an amazing ride. I've been kind of surprised at the growth, and it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and review it on you know your platform of choice. It's the highest compliment you can pay me, and it will help so many other people find the information that they that they need this. A lot of families need this. They're desperately looking to create that additional stream of income or an at-home stream of income, and I'm so excited to serve, and um, I'm this project has just been wonderful. So thank you for that if you can do that. And don't forget, I always link the show notes below where you can get all of the resources I talk about linked. You can get a detailed outline or transcript of the podcast. So it can be real easy reference if you want to grab, you know, especially some of those customer service phrases I shared today. I hope to see lots of you in the free masterclass, how to kickstart your Etsy shop. We're going to have a great time over there this week. It's going to help you so much, I promise. And with that, my dears, have an awesome day. And I'll talk to you soon. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.